Fields. If I seem a little bit calmer, a little bit more subdued than usual, same with Mr. Morales there. How you doing, brother? Doing good, man. How about you? We had a roller coaster of a weekend, man. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we had an absolute roller. We're uh, basically uh, we might we don't talk about it too much in the comic shows, but we're um, uh, executive producers of a, a local wrestling fed here, and um, we're not taking all the credit. That's not it at all, but. What we're saying is that um, all of us, all the boys over at CSW, uh, everyone pitched in and we, we did a flawless show, in in my opinion, in terms of indie wrestling and uh, especially the first time having the, the venue on the inside and we had limited crowd, but we still had a crowd and it was just everything we ever wanted from from wrestling at shitty bingo halls and uh, fucking... What was that place? It was the the corner. We, the corner pocket was cool, but it was still a pool hall. And the one before that was the playing field, and that was run by some skeezy ass Russian guy. And the, like during the show, there's like weird dudes betting on horses and shit. And I'm like, that's a thing. I I've never seen a horse race in my life. And and then after all the stress and everything we've been through, uh, slaving over flyers, figuring out the roster. Uh, you guys doing commentary, you helping me figure out what to do with the flyers. Cause you had a lot of input on that too. And, um, then it happened and it went well. And like, it's like the real world really sucked today, man. <laughs> yeah. That come down is definitely a little bit different shoot, but I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, pulled it off rather well. You know, the, the new, the inside venue looked really good. You know, they had, uh, we have a Make-A-Wish kid we sponsored through Colorado Springs Wrestling, and his family went out of the way to raise some money so we could have a ramp to the ring, which was super awesome. It was gorgeous, man. Yeah, it really added to the aesthetic of the building. You know, we were able to utilize uh, not, not pyro. We had, you know, had some cool little stuff we could play with light-wise and whatnot, and really came off, you know, really kind of brought it up another level as far as professionalism went. So that was completely awesome. Yeah, it was a tight shit, man. It was uh, it was the first time we had a gorilla position. I was so proud of that, man. And it was it was it was the most popular place in the night, other than the middle of the ring and watching you guys do commentary. We had you guys on center stage doing commentary. It was gorgeous. It was such a great yeah, idea. Nice. Like you guys look perfectly placed there. Uh, it, it added so much more gravitas to the whole thing. Like real commentators, guys that are really knowing what they're doing. Um, you guys look slick as fuck up there, by the way, man. You guys look so clean. Um, great spotlights on you guys. I mean, the we had the legit lighting rig of a of a uh, an indie music venue, man. That like knew what they were doing, and I was controlling all the. We had a Titanatron. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, we did have the, the Tron was awesome. Had the the intros and whatnot. Yeah, with the uh, music and the and the video setup, so it was awesome. Yeah, and then the yeah, real world ask, came the next day. Couldn't ask for too much more. 
No, yeah, but the but the other thing is the, the workers, man. Like they they really did their best, man. The Kincaid and Big Guns match was phenomenal, man. The 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 sheer heat that was generated from a guy that most of like, I want to I would probably willing to bet that ninety nine percent of the crowd had no idea who Jason Kincaid was. Yeah, and he it, came out there and he you know, he owned the place. He owned awesome. the place. They had little kids booing the dog shit out of him. Like what the the legit point of heel? It was legit perfect. Heat for the heel and shine for the baby, and uh, no one got hurt. That was a godsend on that one. Um, you know, yeah, been a papanail. Even, even the last minute changes ended up working out, which is nice. Shit, You're last never quite sure with those, and you know, Cumberbatch and freaking uh, Logan had a barn burner of a match, which is you know, not to be you know, not you know, always expected from those two, right? But freaking, you know, they went out of their way to really shine it up. And, you know, they had a unification match for the hardcore and the 719 belt. It was good stuff. Yeah, it was, it's funny because I couldn't really pick a favorite one because each one had something really special to it that mm-hmm. was equally as awesome as something special in another match that I, 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 I don't want to choose. And I'm like when, when we were discussing a couple weeks ago, like, you know, uh, we're talking about the flyers and talking about the presentation is uh, of, of everything. Um, like you and I make things as if Tony Khan was watching, or Tom Brady, some would say, or Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> there was a there was actually a Tom Brady there. Um, uh, not the Tom Brady, but uh, supposedly he's he's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, like uh, I I kind of just want to sleep for a week, man. <laughs> Yeah, nice to catch up on some finally shoot. <laughs> right. Well, man, like I don't even want to talk about it after that shit. The I'm all like, I feel like I just took like a muscle relaxer or something like that. I'm like, yeah, shit's cool, everything's good. Kind <laughs> of worked. Everything's groovy. Everything was groovy and and far out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's nice. freaking. Be interesting to see what happens next month. Freaking see you know see where it goes from here. You know, they got, you know, new cre- you know, creative staff, new production staff, i.e. us. Yeah. And freaking, you know, it's, it's working well so far. So hopefully we'll continue to make the most of any given situation and, you know, continue to entertain the crowds. I think we, and, and to actually toot our own horns, I think, horns, I, I think that you and I actually have a different sort of professionalism that has a huge thing to do with uh, our mindfulness. Like, anytime someone approached me that night, like... I I hit the reset button like I could have been sitting at Gorilla laughing my ass off enjoying a match and someone tapped me on the shoulder and need me and I hit the reset button and I'd go into like not coach mode but like mindfulness mode the way that you did when you would pull a few of the, uh, the boys backstage to give them that Morales juice and you know that, that know-how and they knew they were going to like even like the, the higher ups needed your input and you, you gave it to them. And it was a nice prize. I saw I'd, I'd, I had to go talk to you for something. And I, I, I was halfway to you and I realized, uh uh-uh, uh, stay away. <laughs> Pri- nah, you good, man. Private company. Yeah, no, I forget. It's, you know, like I said, it's supposed to be, you know, the whole concept is a team effort to make the show better. And, you know, we're just two bumbling goofs trying to do our part. 
I like I like thinking of it that way, man, because I don't ever want to be a fucking cocky asshole about this shit. You gotta treat people well, and I like uh, one of the best bits of, of advice I I hope is gonna be the best bits of advice I've ever gotten, but it feels like it in wrestling is the that there's no such thing as nobody uh, being a nobody in wrestling. Yeah, like everyone... that's the thing, dude. Freaking uh, me and my wife were talking about it earlier. Freaking, you know, it's not it's like when all said and done, you know, all the you know. All your times done in the ring or times done, you know, producing and whatnot. You know, people aren't going to remember, you know, the championships. They're not going to remember all the work you put in, but, you know, they're going to remember how you treat them. You know, they're going to remember, you know, were you, you know, did you treat them with respect? Were you a good person? Were you a piece of crap? Yep. You know, and it's kind of your job to, you know, buddy of mine always used to say, you know, I want to be a good memory. So. Yep. Freaking that should be something to think about. I say that often. It's a good deal. I know you were the buddy, but uh, <laughs> keep on the low. Well, I just didn't want to feel like we were friends no more, man. Because that I, I got a little sauce that night. I don't want to. I hope I don't got no heat that you haven't talked to me about yet. <laughs> nah, I'm not. I'm not exactly known for hiding my my emotions. No, so. not not exactly. <laughs> no, for better or worse. Before we get into comics, man, I wanted to talk about the Mortal Kombat preview. It was a hard R red band trailer, man, and I haven't popped for a movie like that in years. Nice, nice. The the whole, I, I'm I'm worried they ruined a lot of stuff, but I'm hoping that they like. There's so much going on in the movie that what little bit they showed is nothing compared to what was full on in it. Like, uh, it was a lot You're of. You're worried finishers. about it being like the Suicide Squad trailer where they just showed you all the best parts. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it, it it was it was a total payoff for everything. Like you see Kano using his laser eye, ripping a dude's heart. Hard out. You see Jax, the origin of Jax, getting his arms ripped off, and then later on he's got his robo arms, and you get a, a new Shang Tsung. Uh, I popped hard that Raiden was a legit god of thunder, not some white guy. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> nice. um, not that there's anything wrong with a white guy, but uh, it was it was it, he, Christopher Lambert did a kick-ass job, but he wasn't a god of thunder by any means. That Raiden actually really is, if he actually played Mortal Kombat back in the day. Yeah. Uh, uh, I every little thing was great. There, there was mystery to it, and of course, it ended like with the. I mean, there was a lot of Sub Zero. It was great. Um, it, en- the, it ended with uh, Sub Zero versus Reptile and a get over here, and then like the the new revamp logo looks fucking dope as shit. Do you mean, do you mean Scorpion? Scorpion. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. What did I say? Okay. You said Reptile. Oh no. Uh, I actually like Reptile better than Scorpion, but it was a it was a Scorpion get over here, and you get a glimpse of the the claw or the that thing in his hand and shit and. The one thing I'm worried about, really worried about, is that the soundtrack is going to suck. Because the my favorite part about the original Mortal Kombat movie was the soundtrack was incredible. Yeah. All that weird weird shit on it I'd never heard before. Sister Machine Gun. Uh, you know, we got KMFDM. Like, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, introduced me to a lot of really kick-ass. Uh, back in the day when it came out, it was just generic techno. But, you know, mm-hmm. I hope that soundtrack is fucking amazing. It better be because I'm look- yeah, I'll actually buy it. Yeah, it's got a lot to live up to, so. Did you enjoy that when it came out? The original Mortal Kombat? Heck yeah. yeah I was all about it, man. I, dude, one of my, uh, you know, I love the original Mortal Kombat movie, you know, for what it was. Second one was garbage, but, you know, everyone says that. I was a big fan of the. I, I even liked the original Street Fighter movie just because it was, you know, it was, it was so bad it was good. Agreed. 
Raw Julia so. was completely over the top. John Cle- they, oh, it, yeah. John Claude Van Damme was awesome in that. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> yeah, no, right, though. All that was good. Freaking e. Honda was cool. Chun Lee was cool. Freaking uh, Cammy was good. Yep. I think Dalsim just randomly ended up bald eventually. Mm-hmm. Freaking Blanca ended up, you know, they showed the whole transformation of Blanca basically. I like it wasn't the best effects, but I, I I'm a sucker for practical special effects. So if it's real mm-hmm. I'm, and they tried, I'm happy for it. That's one of the kind of randomly thrown Jackie Chan in there, <laughs> right? That's <laughs> the one thing. The better the the new preview has Goro and he's full on CGI, and that mm-hmm. the, one of the best parts about the original one is he was that was a real ass fucking puppet or animatron, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Do you remember when Mortal Kombat first came out for Super Nintendo and uh, Genesis? Like mm-hmm. every comic book you bought had a like uh, the Mortal Monday advertisement. Oh yeah. Huh. It was like that big spread of like that that screaming crowd demanding it, and mm-hmm. it was just the logo and and I was like, I don't know what this is, but I want it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember I had to freaking go over to my buddy's house to play it because my mom wasn't my mom wasn't about it. So she let me have Street Fighter, but freaking I eventually I think I think like Mortal Kombat three she had finally warmed up to it. Uh, I got lucky and I had a Genesis, and uh, my parents were enlisted military, and their good friends were um, officers. So he was the guy was a doctor. And I was always, okay. get, I was, we'd always go over to their house to hang out, and I'd always end up having to leave because I got in a fight with both the brothers because they were just these shithead officer kids. But they thought they were the hottest mm-hmm. shit ever because they had Mortal Kombat before me. But my mom bought it for me because she knew I wanted it so bad. And then when they came over to my house, and uh, the thing about the Genesis was, is it had the blood code, and their oh, yeah, bitch okay. ass fucking Super Nintendo had no blood. And fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I may have won the battle, but you won. Well, you won the war. I, I won that goddamn dude, and like, uh, it, like everyone was after. Uh, remember, everyone was after uh, uh, Uncanny three twenty five, X Men number twenty five, uh, Wolverine number seventy five. All I'm, I'm getting to all the Fatal Attractions. Yeah. Um, Mom and Dad took us to Birmingham to go shopping. I'd been saving my sister and I'd been saving our allowance for like weeks. So, because we we're gonna go to the Toys R Us there in the mall, like because Birmingham, we lived in Montgomery, and uh, yeah. we go to Toys R Us, and uh, I was gonna buy some toys, but they, they had comic book packs, but they had mm-hmm. they had two sets that had all of the Fatal Attractions comics with the with the the hologram on the cover. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, it was. I think I spent fifteen dollars on on the entire set. It was almost oh, all my yeah, money. Dude. But like it was like uh, I didn't I didn't care I couldn't buy anything else like that was end all be all I mean there was there was no finding those comic books remember yeah get back I think, I, I think I'd round I'd rounded up at least three or four of them but I can I don't remember if I got the whole set or not it was difficult because there were the hard ones to find were uh, Wolverine number seventy five and um, uh, X Men number twenty five but the there wasn't as much of a print run on like X Force and shit and yeah. That one was that's when he took Grey Mall. It was it was X Men twenty five when they ripped out his yeah. ripped out Wolverine skeleton, right? Yeah, and it was Wolverine number seventy five was the trip home from from yeah, Amsterdam. Okay. And uh God dude, that like uh, rereading that as an adult now and knowing everything I know about like, because I had no idea uh about 
the full on everything about Dark Phoenix other than what I saw in the the cartoon because they didn't really show what happened on the on the ship where she where Jean got sucked out. And you know, the, like I cried like as an adult reading that. It's like, man, it's like you know, not this time, Jeannie. <laughs> like he he got up and saved her ass, and then. But anyway, point of the story is next week we go visit them, and uh, I've got them all, and I brought them with me to fucking show them. They're like, fucking no way, where'd you get them? I'm like, yeah, Birmingham, bitch, and uh, <laughs> like it's like Birmingham was like two hours away. Those fucking assholes. Took them to Birmingham the next weekend, the next available day to get those spoiled ass fucks their the goddamn Toys R Us <laughs> sets, and they weren't like Toys R Us prints like it said Toys R Us. It was just they were the the first prints just in a Toys R Us box. Yeah, I was so pissed. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I still I'm still mad about it to this day. Yep. Uh, fucking, fuck those kids. Yeah, fuck those kids. They were like, my dad's a doctor. Fuck you. My dad My dad can kick your dad's ass. <laughs> and I'll kick both <laughs> their asses right now. Uh, there was two of them. And they could never, you tried. And dude, you tried. They, there was two of them. They could never beat me. Because I, nice. I was crazy. One of them was fat. And the other one was like two years younger than me. And I didn't care. And I would grab anything closest. <laughs> That's a cost. That's what cost a young one a testicle. <laughs> was not, I was not going to lose those fights, those fucks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Just on principle. Just on principle. <laughs> I guess I owe you 30 bucks for some therapy there. Uh, <laughs> what do you got for this it's, week, it's brother? Beer, it's beer 30 somewhere, man. Freaking <laughs> Shit, sit anyway. back, crack a cold one, and tell the story. Uh, that reminds me. I still have one more Romulan ale left. I don't know if I really want to drink it because it always turns, turns your. It's just something about something that turns your poop different colors, <laughs> like those uh, Burger King goth burgers. Remember, like the black bun or acid. Yeah. <laughs> One or the other. Yeah. It's like acid, but from Romulan. <laughs> but it's Romulan. It's Romulan. You'll be fine. You'll be awake in a week. That's why we can't find Colin these days. Shit, man. Like, Colin has been working hard as fuck on this movie. And also, also he, uh, him and his girlfriend got froze the fuck out and are staying in that hotel with a bunch of cats. And then he's got, he had to take care of his mom and he's doing his best. And, you know, all the best to him, man. That's one of the, it's one of the best things about having good brothers in your life. You know, we'll we'll get it done, dude. You just go take care of business. Call us if you need nothing. Yeah, pretty much. Shoot. Well, shit. What comments we got this week, brother? Um, uh, I got a, I don't remember. I got some. Got some next Batman number four. All my stuff's future state this week. Good. We got Nightwing number two, Shazam number two, and Teen Titans number two. Hell yeah. I've got Last Runner number two, Cable number two, and Sweet Tooth number four. And I can't wait to see some uh, what's going on with the. Because I, I read the next Batman, but I didn't read the rest, man. Teen, I'm a total mark for Teen Titans. Can you give us some Teen Titans first? Ah, uh, see what I got here. Blah, blah, blah. blah ba, da, ba, da. Alrighty. So we start out freaking. You know, we, we uh, from last issue we had, we knew that Red X was imprisoned, but we weren't sure why. Right. And he'd been working with Raven to try to try to break through something, but we're not like she's training, but we're not quite sure what she's training for. 
and freaking Nightwing had let Red X out of his cell. And the issue had ended with Red X getting his mask back and Robin donning a half, or not Robin, Nightwing donning a half Nightwing, half uh, Deathstroke mask. Right. So he's basically Deathwing, I think is what they're referring to him as. I dig it. So, and we don't really know, we don't know why he, you know, we don't know why any of this is going on. We don't know who Red X is. But they were leaving, and they turned around, and the rest of the Titans are basically ready to kick their ass because they don't know they don't know what's going on with Dick at all, and freaking they don't know why he's letting uh, Red X out. So we know somewhere along the lines, you know, as you know, as you know, Corey and Dick were in a long-standing relationship. Right. Uh, not only are they no longer in our in said relationship. Um, Apparently they have been, they've been having long-standing issues, but again, we're not quite sure what's going on with it. We just know that Red X, at some point, hurt the Titans, but we're not really sure why that is. And also, several of the Titans, as well as um, several students who are trying out for the Titans, are now dead. So we've got blood on our hands, and we're trying to, like... Resurrect something that's just not working or constantly failing. Yeah, it's it's you know freaking Titan Towers in and of itself has been destroyed. The only thing, the buildings in ruins. The only thing left is the markers for the dead, and they had found um, the H dial last issue, and um, Deathwing wants to utilize it, but. Starfire is completely and utterly against it. So as we go into the issue, we actually find out that um, several of the uh, Titan students had modified the age dial um, to speak to to basically speak to the dead. This is incredible. <laughs> yeah, so We've they're over here. Technological. They're trying to use. They're basically using it as a Ouija board. Technological necromancy. I'm I'm in love with it. Yeah. So while they're doing that, something went wrong with the dial, and it exploded and killed several of them, or so we think. So uh, the whole thing is that Shazam. It's Shazam. I think Bunker and uh, there's one other character were in the field. And they're actually trying to fight um, Wally West, who's one of the guys that died, and his corpse has been possessed by famine of the four uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Not trademarked. Yeah, not trademarked. So the uh, the Titans go to join in the fight to to meet Sazam, and we find out there's all four of the horsemen are were awakened. Um, by when the H dial exploded. Excellent. So we see that Roundhouse is now Pestilence, and we've got War and Death, but I'm not quite sure who they are, who they represent, unfortunately. But War looks like um, the uh, War looks like War from basically from Wonder Woman, or um, 
trying to think who the villain is. Freaking, he was in the video game and the main villain from um, the first Wonder Woman movie. Oh Jesus! Yeah, I had to think about it. It's like I'm on the, um, can't remember, I can't remember. I want to say it's like AR or something, but doesn't. I don't remember at the time. Now I don't remember currently. So all the Titans are trying to fight off, you know, all four of these, you know, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And again, they're they're already well aware that they're not going to win this battle. The only, the only thing they have in their in their back pocket is Raven. And Raven and Shazam are able to because the whole thing is that they were able to the four horsemen were busted out of the Rock of Eternity. I'm wondering, because the entire time I've been reading, well, not the entire time, like after the initial shock of how rad it was, uh, I'm, I've been waiting for the the wild card. The This is what's going to return things to normal, because if it's the DC Universe, they're going to have to return to normal for at least a small short of yeah. time. What's going to be the wild card that you know really fixes things? Like, remember in... Like I, I never saw Sinestro being the white white lantern that saved everything in, in Brightest Day. You remember? Yeah. Uh, well, well uh, Darkest Night and um, mm-hmm. like that that I popped so hard for it because I didn't see it coming. I loved Jeff Jones' writing on that, and I'm not gonna let anything that's been said about hostile work environment with Jeff Jones ruin anything with him because he's a good writer. Um. God, it really just kind of drives me nuts about that. Anyway, um, <laughs> gotcha. It was just the writer, man. He wasn't there. Like, was he there screaming at people, calling them assholes or something? <laughs> Don't know. It's, uh, like, uh, I wonder if this is the wild card. You know, the this is the unexpected. We've got you know four horsemen of apocalypse. Obviously, they're heralding something that's coming. You can't just have those characters uh, involved and use those specific phrases. Without a big bad wicked boss, yeah, and they got and you know, like I said, they got let out. We're not really, you know, there's just a lot of unanswered questions with this whole series so far. Like they just kind of they threw it out. You know, at least five years in the future, longer for some of these series. But freaking, you know, you don't really. They they just kind of threw you in here five years later. Like why why are Cy, why are cyborg and Beast Boy? You know, one character now. You know, they've each got their own personality still. There's still Gar and freaking Cyborg in there. Right. But, you know, they're they're now one person. Where where did that come from? What happened with that? Are we gonna are we gonna find out at this point? You know, are they gonna is there is there gonna be a big reveal of it? You know, or you know, I know they're using this to build up the upcoming Titans Academy, but like you know, and who's Red X? You know, we never find out who Red X is, at least not in these two issues so it's you know we're kind of they're slowly building this world but i'm not sure you know i'm not sure of how many more the answers we're gonna end up getting it's funny uh and for 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 our listeners that are like say for anyone that just tuned in and found minefields in the first place uh tony's a a, a promoter uh, a writer a, a booker a producer uh actual professional wrestler per- personal trainer um coming from that background how do you feel 
the character development's going on? Because you're telling me like, yeah, we don't know who Red X is yet. Like, are if you were right, if you were booking this and writing the storyline, uh, and you knew that where you were headed on it, are you happy with the the development so far? The development's been interesting, but like, I can't really say that. Like, I'm interested to see what's going to happen. But I'm not sure if I'm interested enough to once this is done to follow the Titans Academy story, like the book, right? Because I mean, it's you know, there's I mean, there's interesting stuff because you know, earlier in the book they talk about when you know they bring up the death uh, Deathwing thing because Corey calls him out on it. She's like, "Are you are you working with Deathstroke again?" Or Deathstroke again? And he's like, "You know, I haven't I haven't seen or talked to Slade in at least six months." So we're basically saying sometime in this five year period. Nightwing decided to work with Slade Wilson with Deathstroke, you know, and that's, that's a very interesting thought process. Cause you know, what, what brought him to that point? You know, did he go to Slade? Did Slade go to him? You know, definitely it raises some interesting questions, but like, I, I, I don't feel like this is, this is supposed to be issue two of two. And like in that amount of time, like they gave me so much, so many questions but as a guy that doesn't normally read Teen Titans, I don't feel like I'm really invested in the characters enough to want to continue with it. I feel that way about the the Gotham City Sirens uh, storyline going on in uh, New Batman number three. That Prison Riot was awesome. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was a shitload of fun. Uh, I love the fact that it added like the, the simple – those simple spices, like were okay. So if you're reading a, a fight, like if you're reading the Hulk and this huge fight's going on, and it's six pages long, maybe seven. Uh, how much time really has gone by? Thirty seconds. Um, yeah. But adding that extra spice, riot, three minutes, riot, five minutes, ten minutes. Like it, it added that. It added uh, a, a an extra a weird gravitas mind. to it almost. Oh, a hundred percent. Like when when you know that that we're a ticking clock, but you get to see the clock. Like I get it. Like that was that was a great way to do it. Um, character development wise, with new Batman, uh, I wasn't really happy with with the 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 main storyline. Okay, so he tries to save the two people that try to kill him. The the husband. Uh, you know, they, this guy, you know, we, we're doing this because we're trying to find this guy. He killed our daughter and we can't, he'll never going to give us where the body is. And, and, uh, the husband, uh, blows himself up to, you know, save the wife and Batman does return her to, you know, to, to custody. And I don't, I wasn't so happy with, I don't know. It was, it was, it was, it it wasn't, I don't think it was a bad story. I don't think it was bad. But again, it's just like, it's the same thing. It's. You're not giving us enough time to get invested in these characters. You know, they made a big deal about, oh, you know, we're doing you know, a black Batman, a brand new Batman. But, like, there was never an actual reveal. Hmm. I like, didn't it, mind. it was never a big, like, there was kind of a big thing, like, in, in the fourth issue. Because, you know, when they're trying to get away from the uh, the magistrates... You know, he has, they end up having a car accident and like the car next to the car that actually crashed into them had, you know, uh, Batman's mom in it and Batman's mom freaking does not, you know, she hates, she hates all mask because at some point, um, her daughter, his, the Batman's sister 
was put in a coma by a guy in a mask. Right. You know, and freaking, we turn around and, you know, he's, he's got a, you know, she draws a gun on him. She draws a gun on her own son, even though she doesn't know it's just her son. And he's got to throw a uh, bat striking at her, you know, and freaking she, he makes sure to, you know, just hit her in the arm to make sure that she can't draw the gun on him. But just like, it's, you know, it's barely a flesh wound basically. Yep. But like he had to do it to his own mom and then turn around and be, you know, have another guy, another magistrate jump him and try to stab him the whole time being like, this is exactly what we're talking about. This is why there shouldn't be masks, you know, right. you're willing to hurt this innocent woman. And, you know, Batman's basically like, fuck you, that's my mom. And freaking, you know, he ended up having to beat that guy so badly that, you know, the uh, the wife <laughs> yeah. who killed that guy ended up having to pull Batman off of somebody and calm him down. After you know her and her husband have beat a man to death for kidnapping and killing their daughter, now you know, and I, I feel like that that's such a big moment. But like they just kind of glanced over that, and then like we still don't know what what happened to the the sister, right? And you know, you know, freaking, you know, we don't know what happened with um with Lucius or Luke Fox with you know Batwing walking away from being Batwing. You know, at some point he was just done. Freaking, and what brought Jace to being Batman? You know, oh. where where did he get the technology from? All the extra. You know, where did he get the money for the technology? Did he steal it? Did he freak? Was it? Did his, does his dad know? And did his dad give him the money for it? Or give him the technology? The, yeah. The, Who knows? I, I think the best way that I would write it is if that Lucius gave him the stuff he wouldn't give Bruce Wayne because he wouldn't he couldn't trust Bruce Wayne with it, like the way that Lucius Fox. At the end of the Dark Knight, was like, okay, we use this once, and then okay, we use it once, and then you destroy it, and you know, just because this is an emergency situation, uh, not having full trust in Bruce Wayne. The other thing is, is that we've got a couple different issues here. Uh, first off, I love the fact that they made Batman black because it works in the story, and I don't think they, and I in no way feel they did it to pander to an African American audience to try to get him to buy more comics. I think it just worked in 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 general. Not just yeah, because it's Lucius Fox. The idea the kid. idea is great. great. It made sense to have it be Lucius Fox's kid, because like I said, that gives you access to the the technology, the idea behind it. You know, it it makes perfect sense. I just wish they'd freaking delved more into it. See that's because there's a whole there's a whole family dynamic there that is, you know, for obvious reasons isn't available in the normal Batman books, right? You know he's got you know, he's got his adopted family and whatnot, but they're not they're not his blood family. He didn't grow up with them, you know. Like how how does that you know how does it you know if you know I, I'm going to go on a limb and say Lucius probably knows that his son's Batman, <laughs> absolutely. And how does it you know how do you, how do you react? To, or how does he you know what's his thoughts on it? Because you know his mom hates Batman. But you know, and she's got her reasons, but she doesn't know that Batman's her son. You know, if they if they built that character up to that big huge reveal where the family finds out, because the family thinks he's a screw up, completely, you know, he's the black sheep of the family. That that put me so on edge, and I loved it because like he shows up at the hospital, and he's like, "Come on, dude, not now. I don't explain myself now." Like. And, you know, go go talk to your mom. You know, everyone's giving him shit. Like, what are you, high? What are you, drunk? And he, he didn't say anything. He, like, basically, my silence says I'm high or drunk, and you're not going to ask yeah. any more questions. I like that a lot. 
being a former addict, uh, knowing that that sort of thing has happened. The other thing yeah. is that what really put me on edge was that when he's sitting there with his mom, it just says the end. I was like, okay, yeah. the the end of the story. Like, don't fuck with me here. Like, is there going to be an issue four? Because uh, like we we got like this better last a year. I would I would be very happy if Feature State lasted an entire year. Yeah, I mean, I would be too. Just because, like I said, it freaking I I I want to know more about these characters because you know if we go back, you know, if we go back to the normal freaking, you know, are we going to introduce Jace at a at a later point? I'd assume as much, right? But I'm not sure, you know. Freaking and and if we do that, like you know, you know, does he have a connection to Bruce Wayne? We don't know. You know, I, this this is all like I said in theory supposed to be five years in the future. You know, so you know, but I mean, comic book, you know, comic book continuity. You know, if, if we even if we waited an exact five years from now, Lord knows we're gonna have what one to three probably reboots between now and then. Maybe, probably. <laughs> um, not to mention you know, the fact how much of this is even going to be in canon in the next decade. I, I hope it stays canon, man. I hope it stays canon like the way that Thomas Wayne is alive and well at the moment. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, from Flashpoint. Like, hell, I bought the fucking action figure. It'll be here in a week. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the pop. So. Oh, dude, the McFarlane. Yeah, I, found that, I found that randomly at like freaking uh, Hot Topic, I think. The like, McFarlane. A couple years back. The McFarlane comes with both guns and the holsters, and I, nice. I couldn't live without it. Uh, not buying the McFarlane-designed Batman the other day honestly almost killed me because I was about to buy a bunch of pizza. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, we should probably stop by a Walmart on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. It's like I get paid on Thursday. It's like uh, maybe it's still there because it's the McFarlane McFarlane. Of McFarlane's. Dude, I still haven't gotten my fucking um, uh, tracking number for the Kickstarter spawn I ordered back last February. That was supposed to be here November. But granted COVID, all the crazy custom shit going on. It's driving me nuts, man. I can't wait to get that ultimate, ultimate spawn. (laughs) It's probably coming from like the mascara or something. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Like... Like uh, it's something I really was highly invested. And they're freaking. They're freaking. Their travel is ridiculous. Speaking of investments, before before we uh, wrap up on uh, new Batman, the one thing is that, like I said, I'm glad it, it works with Lucius. We're not pandering to trick black people or gay people by the book. It's it's a great story, but I I'm not sure if I am enjoying or not enjoying. That it's using a lot of the same tropes from Batman Year One or any original where, where they try to retell a tale of Batman when he's first starting. Yeah, like I make, could definitely, I could definitely see that making mm-hmm. those rookie mistakes. Like, should he, should he have let save those two people? We don't know. Um, it definitely didn't end well. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a, it'll be. It, it was good. I, I said I liked it overall. I figure, you know, I, I feel that's something Batman would do. You know, freaking if people were, you know, I, th- I think he got it. You know, freaking, you know, if you're put in that situation where your kid's kidnapped and dead and you, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. You know, who's to, you know, at that point, who's to say if it's right or wrong to go after the guy that did it? You know, it's, you know, it's, that's definitely some great territory to put it mildly. Especially having a 
like, you know, basically stabbed his own mom with some shuriken. <laughs> like that, he, he had to do it. And yeah. he, I liked how he got his common pens for like, hey, is that bulletproof? And he like a dummy. He's like, uh, yeah, but it still hurt. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole thing with that though is freaking there's a, there's a shoot on site order on Batman. Yeah. All, all masks are shoot on site. So basically, you know, Detective Chubbs was just kind of watching her own ass, you know. I had to. Because the freaking she's like, oh, hey, you know, Batman delivered him. And now, you know, so what What can you say about it? Why didn't you arrest Batman, too? And now he's like, I shot him. I tried. He got away. I shot his ass and he took off. <laughs> it's not a lie. She shot him. Yep. Even then, but still the other thing that bothers me, if it's, yeah, it isn't a lie, but she still shot him. But of all the surveillance going on, like, okay, you sh- you're talking, you're talking, you're obviously somewhat friendly, and then you shoot him, and you don't shoot him again, and then you walk away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as, as we've seen in other future state books, and we're going to find out here in a bit, freaking uh, security's everywhere. 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 <laughs> How was that? Uh... Because you briefly touched about Shazam being in the field uh, in Teen Titans, like how is that Shazam going on on that one, man? Because it like ever since the movie came out, I love the fact that there's been a, 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 a revivalist movement of making Shazam relevant again, and it's working. Yeah, no, Shazam's been good. You know, freaking finishing up on Titans real quick. They end up uh, Red Red X ends up freaking using the H dial to bring back all the. Or bring back the souls of all the dead titans to fight no uh, freaking the horsemen dude my bad and i thought you were done I no, no, you're good dude i'm just I mean, i'm getting into this because shazam plays such a key role in the end perfect so like raven's trying to put the sent basically send them inside the rock of eternity and shazam ends up catching her because she ends up losing consciousness and then transporting them into uh you know using her powers and transporting them both into the Rock of Eternity, which is where it ends. And that leads pretty much directly into Shazam. Excellent. Because freaking, you know, um, there, there's something behind these doors inside the Rock of Eternity. And we're not quite sure what it is, but we find out that um, Billy is actually guarding the other side of this door. It was like the old timekeeper type guy? No, we mean, I mean Billy as in the 10 the 12 year old boy that shares um, no, 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 with Shazam. I, no, I, I get it. I'm saying like it like I imagine like from that the new Shazam isn't Billy, that Billy's doing something else and now he's like the the old grizzled guy that's, you know, needing someone to share his power, that sort of thing. Yeah, well, that, that's that's where that comes into play later, because uh, Miron and all these demons are just on the other side of this door with Billy, just begging him to say to say Shazam. That way, they can switch um, him and Shazam can switch places, and they can bust through this door. So we end up going the the team the the Titans, um, several of the Titans anyway. We got Ms. Martian. We've got the question, Love it. and we've got uh, Bunker and uh, Vixen are all are all sitting here in Titan or are here sitting here. Um, they're in New York somewhere, but I'm not quite sure where. And they're just trying to get they're trying to get through to Shazam. 
you know, everyone, you know, everyone's worried about him. He's been under a lot of stress and they're saying that he killed several Titans. <laughs> he killed Thunder, Ryder, Slade and John and Jones. So we're talking, it looks like Martian Manhunter, possibly Slade Wilson, Johnny Thunder, and maybe uh, Ryder, I believe is the creeper. Maybe if I remember correctly. I'm not familiar so with that got, character. Yeah, he was in the he was in the Arkham games. I want to say he was Creeper. He's a one of the reporters, and he ends up being I want to say Creeper. So these four characters are dead, and apparently they're blaming Shazam. And they keep call, and they keep calling him Billy because they're they're trying to break through to him because he just won't he won't tell him what what happened. He's just saying you know I really I really need you guys to let me go. You gotta st- and, and stop calling me Billy. And there's just this rumble in the tower, and freaking, we're not quite sure what's going on with that. But we see Shazam out out on the street, and his hands are bloody. Love it. And like, he just seems Love. like he's not in control. And we turn around, and all the heroes are coming after him. And he, he looks, it's like he's seeing things. But we're not quite sure what's going on, and they're trying. All the all the the heroes are trying to talk to him, and he's just like, you know, you just gotta let me go. You guys don't understand. There's more to this than you know, and he ends up being stopped. Like he flies away, but he ends up being stopped by the specter, the not dead specter. Yeah, not dead specter. Because we encountered dead specter on a different future state, but later in the future, right? I think, I believe so, yeah. So, and he's just, you know, again, trying, everyone's trying to talk to him, but, you know, he's not letting him get through. So, like, freaking, Spectre goes into his mind trying to find out what's going on, and we find out that they actually had to separate Billy, Billy Batson, from Shazam. So now they're back to being two other, two different people. Because Billy was the only, Billy was the one that was strong enough to hold the door back because of his basically his innocent soul. Right. I'm liking I'm liking this man. This it, it like I'm I'm thinking about like everything you're telling me and uh, in my mind I'm forming this like you know when you see like uh, the cops break into the serial killer's uh, apartment on on like SEV and he's got all these photos of shit and. Uh, tacks pointed and like you know the strings tied uh, I, I'm seeing all these little things like okay we see the Spectre alive and well but we've seen him dead we've seen Batman broken but alive in the past well when the magistrates first strike taking over like like I think that'd be fun to do like one of those walls just as a fun little art installation project oh yeah no, that'd be that'd be crazy to do I'd be down for that of, of how to connect all these dots because I feel like like this is not a bunch of dumbass writers throwing a dart at the wall and like okay Batman's dead all right and then Billy's not Billy and no there's there's a there's a beautiful art to this and connecting the dots is making me really happy and this is one of the few times when those two cross titles are actually meaningful to each other other than just what's happening in like if it's the Batverse other than Batman and Superman it all is like the same timeline but yeah. with Shazam you've got so much extra things to do because it like you. Most people remember every most 
important things about Superman. Most people don't yeah. jack shit about Shazam and don't care about it because that was old. He had that little cape and it just looked outdated. But now, after uh, the movie, it, it made it it made it fucking cool again without yeah. trying to make it cool. And now we've got this excellent story with the Titans, Billy, like like the mystery of Billy, like. I think one of the best things we can talk about right now, or the best things we ever talk about any of these comics, is the mystery. Yeah, no, we've got quite a bit here, you know. Because we find out a lot more about the situation. Because Billy and Shazam weren't separate. They didn't just separate to separate to protect this door. Neron is actually the one that separated them. And freaking. I'm not familiar with that character. Yeah, um, I think I want to say I think he's prevalent in in Constantine, like he's a recurring demon. But I might be thinking of Nurgle. Or are you thinking of Nick Necros? No, no, not definitely not Nick, because Nick's the uh, yeah, definitely not Nick. But it's either Nurgle or Neron. I think Neron's the demon that messes with Shazam or not with Constantine quite often. Um, but yeah, he not only does he separate him. Um, he actually takes over like the the visions that Shazam has been having are basically seen through Neron's eyes. He basically gave him his eyes, so he's been he's been screwing with Shazam the whole time. He's the one that had Shazam killing heroes and whatnot. And you know Shazam had to, and not only that, but you know he made Billy Billy swear that he would never you know, speak the name Shazam again, because if he does, that door opens, and we find out what's behind that door, and it's, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's not going to be good. Yeah, and freaking, so we've got, you know, and Shazam is just coming to terms with this, because, you know, he knows what's going on, but he didn't know about, you know, by Spectre bringing all this to light, he now sees what he's done, and he freaks out, and he actually ends up stabbing the specter with a piece of the rock that's been around his neck, and you know, gets him in the gut, and freaking, you know, he, he ends up killing the specter. So, so that's how that happens. Okay, that that like put the pin on the wall, and I'll connect the string. Hell yeah. <laughs> And then the Titans, the, t- uh, the Titans that were after him, you know, they run in and see him, see Shazam over the corpse of Spectre, saying "Forgive me." And then he turns around, and all the Titans, as, as, as he sees them as being possessed. And then we turn around, and there's the question, and we're not, sh- you know, questions, you know, as nor- normal, you know, taking. You know, checking out the situation for what it is. You know, he's telling him how he's lost control, and I'm the only one who can help you. And, you know, Shazam looks at him, and he's just like, who are you? And question just goes, that's a good question. <laughs> All right, and, then out, uh, and then he falls down, and out comes Dead Man. Oh, hell yes. So Dead Man's been possessing uh, the question the whole time. And freaking... Shazam knows what happens, and he's like, please don't do this, please don't do this. You know, if you do this, everybody dies. And Bunker is looking at the other Titans, being like, who's he talking to? And you just hear you hear Boston Brand, Dead Man, saying, I'm sorry. And then he possesses Shazam, 
and he says his name. All right, first off, you're a dick because I know you've been waiting to fuck with me all week for reading that because you know I'm a huge mark for dead man. <laughs> and and like, oh, of, of course Boston's going to be the one to make a huge mistake like that. That, But we get the opportunity for the cleaning crew to come up, and who's that going to be? We don't know. It's it, I, I'm hoping it's going to be Teen Titans to the rescue of this. I want to see Teen Titans really put on a pedestal in this one. Not the Green Lantern Corps, not uh, Superman and every version of Superman ever. Like, let's get some... Let's get the scrappy guys in. Let's uh let's uh let not I'm not saying let the inmates run the asylum. I'm saying let's all of a sudden like wait a minute, those guys you didn't give a shit about that you weren't worried about? Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, Hangman. They've got their own show now? Uh Yeah. Dum dum dum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, so they end up switching bodies as they do. And we see Billy and you know, he's just he's burnt and his hair's white. How old is he? How old oh, does he, he look? He, he he's about the same age, but you know he's definitely you know, it basically showing him that he went through hell. And then we look back at Neron, and Neron's just like at last, as we see the door opening, and there's a hooded character coming out. You know, and he's just like you know, this was the deal, and I told you I'd, I'd do it. You know, and we see this woman's this woman's face just completely just white. With these purple lips, and she's like, you know, take your prize, loyal servant, but first, bow to your new queen. And it's apparently it's called, it's a character called the um, the unkindness, and she's got basically she's got a purple version of a, like a Shazam dress, like she's Shazam, but she's got four eyes like Trigon, right? Um, she's got freaking long, she's got long arms, but the 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 forearms up are covered in red fur and claws. And she just looks, I'll show you here, freaking, she looks crazy. I'm liking so I'm gonna, that. I'm see, and this is, apparently this is going to come out, and uh, this story will be followed up in uh, Future State Black Adam. I was wondering if it was going to be Black Adam. I didn't want to pull that trigger because they can't, everything in Future State is a, is a, is a who? Who do you think everyone's gonna think it's gonna be? I think it's gonna be Black Adam. Okay, so it can't be him. Uh, who would be the coolest if it was? And how can we connect those dots and really make everyone pop? Because that's awesome. Yeah. No, it's definitely it's definitely looks it, it's been an interesting read. You know, I don't really Shazam's another one. I'm not. I don't normally read, and I just kind of took a chance on just for the because it's future state to try to get more of a well-rounded story with it. But it's been it's been super interesting to see what happens. I'm definitely going to pick up Black Adam when it comes out. Uh, I'm going to pick up Black Adam just because, uh, from what I know, little bit that it is, he's supposed to be cool. But also, The Rock's going to play him in two years. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was can't like, go wrong with some Dwayne Johnson. That's for sure. Hell no, man. Unless you're some asshole that didn't like the fucking Scorpion King or Doom. I didn't like Doom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were that asshole. Fucking turn even, that even the great in. one stumbles every now and again. Even the great one. <laughs> oh, I miss those nine hundred dollars shirts, man. <laughs> oh yeah, I miss those nine hundred dollars shirts, man. 
you you weren't at the venue yet. Uh, uh, you got to go home and chill out, and I was like shitting a brick trying to reformat shit. And uh, the 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 boys were talking about uh, Degeneration X doing blackface. <laughs> oh yeah and uh like we couldn't remember we couldn't remember who x-pac was supposed to be <laughs> he was mark henry he was he was Mizar henry he was Mizar henry and triple h was the cock <laughs> no he, he was the croc the oh, i thought he said the cock no it was a croc oh man i was c-r-o-c-k no i heard you i hear you i i guess my mind just wanted it to be the cock i'm did. <laughs> <laughs> But no, but like that that sort of that sort of extra swerve where we get this like uh what did you say her name was? The um the the unkindness. The unkindness, I believe. So uh in King and Black, so I have been worried and it's one of those things where I feel like a dummy because like uh when uh, uh Peter David not Peter David, when um Ah why am I spacing on his name? He was like one of my favorite uh, Spider-Man writers. Let's see. David Jason Frank. <laughs> if he was writing Spider-Man, I would have gone and paid money to meet him last year or two years oh. ago at Comic Con. Remember when we used to pay to meet people? I know, right? Fuck that shit. What was that? I say that, but I think the last person I paid to meet was like Shawn Michaels back in like 2002. <laughs> Uh, Colin paid to meet uh, William Zabka a couple years ago and we accidentally met the other guys just because in passing uh, but he actually got to like when you paid me to meet the photo as opposed to like hey like why didn't you pay to meet me how dare you bump into me um, yeah. they weren't shitty like uh, but uh, yeah it was just it kind of feels like a Mark thing now right Oh, yeah, for, I mean, like, you know, since I started actually wrestling, freaking, I made it a point not, like, I didn't get a, I'm not a big picture guy anyway, but freaking, uh, I think the last picture I bought, I got a picture of the Honky Tonk Man. Nice. Like, five or six years ago at a show we brought him out for, for New Era, because everyone gave me so much crap about being the one guy that wouldn't buy a $5 picture with him, just to shut everybody up, because I'm just not... It's not my bag. I just don't. He's no. not a picture taker. Like I remember when we did a seminar with Mick Foley for Primos Wrestling, probably like ten years ago, and like everyone was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get a picture with Foley. I'm gonna get a picture of Foley." I'm like, no. "That's cool," but like, I'd rather just BS with the guy and see if I could pick up some extra knowledge. No, that's that's like, the, never ever been my bag. That's the way to go. Um, when I became a journalist back in two thousand three. Um, one of my first lessons I learned was a hard lesson was don't mark out. And I don't like that. I know you don't like that term. I'm not using it derogatory, but, um, Oh, you know that. It's, you know, it's fine regardless. So, but yeah, no, no, but I, 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 I get, I get what you're meaning though. You don't, you don't want to, you know, you want to be a professional. You want to be equal. You don't yeah. want to be looking like somebody like, Oh my God, we brought you out here just so I could meet you. And Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and like, I, I, I just want to respect your boundaries. But like, yeah. but yeah, he, the the dude that trained me, he was big in wrestling. He specifically said, "Don't mark out," and I had to learn what that yeah. meant. And um, I learned the hard way. But like, it was you, you don't, you, you're, 
you're there to do a job, you're there to show that you're professional, that you're there to push the art, that you've researched. And, uh, but yeah, I just can't do the, the pay to meet people anymore at all. Like I, I either met you in my own merit, but you're not getting my money. Yeah. You're like, uh, I, I need to, if I'm meeting you, I want to meet you as a peer or at least someone on the way to your level. Not some yeah. dude that's just like, oh my god, oh my god, you're my favorite band. Like, um, I understand why people would get through that because you know that's that's not that's not their world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not, exactly. That's not their world. It's it's exciting. They'll have the cash to meet someone that they admire, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the the world that you want, you and I are in, absolutely not. Yeah. Like looking back now, like now that I've been in it eighteen years, I'm like, man, I kind of wish I had taken, you know, all these pictures of like hanging out and whatnot. Just had I had those to like look at, but like, like I definitely didn't want to be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna post this on my Facebook and yeah, this is super cool. Yeah, like dude. it's cool, yeah. but like it's all like, about the it's memories. Not, never been my per my personal bag, I guess. It, it, it's all about the memories, man. And uh, I, I finally remembered it was Dan Slott that was writing the death of uh, Peter Parker. And I was like, man, I can't believe you did this. And then I read this thing online and someone was like, listen, Dan Slott's the biggest Spider-Man fan in the world. He would never do anything wrong to hurt us, even if he was told to. And I, I read that and I was like, okay, I'm in, I'm in. And then next thing I know, Superior Spider-Man kicked off. It's one of my favorite Spider-Man stories ever. And Donny Cates has been writing uh, King in Black. I mean, he's never let me down. Uh, I was actually nervous to go to meet him uh, when he came to the Iron Lion last year, uh, about a year and a month ago. Uh, and I was like, no, he didn't want to be on my podcast. He didn't respond. I was, I was being butthurt about it. I saw that he <laughs> saw my message and and I was like, I'm not going to pay to meet him. But uh, yeah, so everything that's going on, like, you know, like it's the end all be all. The whole world is cloaked in darkness and symbiotes and the, too many symbiotes is usually a problem. The only time it's never been a problem for me was Maximum Carnage, and there was only a couple. Yeah. Um, but we we see uh, Eddie Brock's kid uh, in the hands of Null, and he's fighting him. I mean, like it's one of those things. that's like he's Dylan, Dylan, like the, all these. He's in Null is in his head and trying to seduce him to the dark side, and he touches him, grabs him. Dylan grabs him back and burns him. And at that same time, they Noel didn't realize because Dylan was strong enough to hold a part of his brain uh, isolated, where he was in contact with a few of the the few guys that were remaining, and was able to hurt Noel enough to break his power over all the symbiotes on the main hitters he was focused on. Thor, uh, especially uh, uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange stomps his stick, gains extra power. And he immediately communicates with all the heavy hitters, Cyclops, Invisible Woman, Human Torch, Thor. Uh, and that's when they all like it's, you know, activate their powers. And then finally, like they give him they give Namor the call, which I, I really dig. And I like because because Colin's a huge Namor fan. He's the yep. biggest Namor fan ever. And like Namor, you're up about time. Like, you know, you know, those little jock damn little quotes there. OK, you know, give us every, every now and then and. Uh, we get this uh, Spidey not knowing what the hell's going on, trying to dodge everything because we've got a Celestial fighting. <laughs> and uh, uh, there was a 
I really love when people do homages to people, but there is a perfect, almost like he traced a Todd drawing and just tore up the, tore up the the costume. But he's fighting him, like Dylan. Nice. Dylan is fighting him, and he, and even though like it's like one of those things where like he's not getting all these guys here. Dylan, you got it. Just be powerful. Believe in yourself. No, <laughs> none of that shit. <laughs> No, no, it's 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 Dylan's like, why am I not dead? Why can't yeah. he? Uh, why, why is my little bit of gravitas when the main heavy hitter kicks in? And uh, wait a minute, what's that? Uh, I, I don't believe we get the mind bubble. I don't believe when it had been introduced. And we get this beautiful splash page of Jean okay. Grey and Marvel Girl. Can you see it? Yep. Marvel Girl costume. My name is Jean Grey, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Let me see what makes you bleed, and then that's when she starts getting. She's the first one to get in his head and sees his origin coming from the darkness, and his thin, skinny body. You see him like as a metallurgist, like getting stronger and stronger, and, and creating the idea of the symbiotes. And she realizes the uh, where. What was the name of the uh, the baddie at the end of it? Uh, Shazam. Uh, the the unkindness. Oh, the unkindness. Well, he was birthed from the darkness, and he's the epitome of the darkness. When Silver Surfer Black comes in and throws in his like nuclear fucking base power that doesn't really do anything other than like sh- like he realizes what she just realized because uh, she communicates to him. There, uh, I don't know if you we've talked about it before, uh, but when Thor fought the darkness, that was yeah. an epitome of something. But they found the light. Uh, when Jean Grey was scanning scanning Null's brain, she found where Null had hidden the light, and the only person that could unleash it was the all powerful um, Silver Surfer Black. And as he oh, okay. as he unleashes, she's like, "I can feel him. I, I can feel it. Like it, it's confused. It's it's and." Uh, <laughs> We see Reed Richards and he just laughs. Go find your warrior. Uh, Silver Surfer Black says, oh my god. Geez, these readings. The energy source. You're right. It behaves like a symbiote. It always has. The god of light. I know what it is. We all do. We've been calling it by the wrong name. We've been calling it Captain Universe. And finally, like uh, a problem he's been trying to solve for years. All of a sudden, this like like an atom opens in, in a ball of light that he's holding. The enigma is solved, and the entity of light, the antithesis of Null, has resurrected itself, or not resurrected itself, has been freed from its prison, and the entity it chooses as its human form or a physical form is the dying Eddie Brock. Oh, okay. Yeah, and like it's beautiful splash page. I mean, like, like how like. I don't know if it's a good thing that I was doubting him to really, really pop when that sort of thing happened. Because, I mean, I, I pop like a motherfucker when that happened, man. Like, yeah. I mean, I really, I, I popped the way all y'all did when Ed showed up last year. Nice, <laughs> um, uh, okay. Uh, so, um, and we've got it to be concluded. And we've got some dragons to fight. I don't know, the, the little bits, the, the little bits of uh, art that are coming in clearer. I don't know. I'm excited about it. Uh, I I definitely want to put over Kid Cable. Kid nice. Cable. Okay. 
don't know. Sorry, not a good segue. I apologize, man. Just oh, you're good, dude. I just want to point out one thing real quick, though. Going back to your whole thought process. Oh, on please, the, please. If it was because you freaking weren't expecting much, you were so blown away with that reveal. It's like freaking. I was. We were talking about favorite MCU movies today, and one of the ones that came up was Guardians, of the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Correct. And I was like, one yeah, that one might that that one might make it, like just because nobody saw it coming. Nobody like nobody. Like, oh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie. People don't even know who the hell's in the Guardians of the Galaxy. But like, once the movie came out, it was actually good. It was ex- it was exceptional. It was exceptional, but because but was it exceptional because it was a, a, a solid standalone movie? Excellent point. Or was it exceptional? Was, was it just a good, a great movie that was exceptional because nobody gave it a chance? So your question is whether or not if we knew who Star Lord and Gamora and Groot really were in Rocket Raccoon and had a basic idea of who they were, would we have enjoyed the movie as much? Yeah, would it have been would it yeah would it have been as fondly remembered if these were completely established A-list guys. You know, if they come out and they do a good X-Men movie, you know, hopefully it would be expected. They you know, do a that, you know it's movie. MCU with X-Men. This should be great. You know, plus, you know, the MCU, the MCU had, was, was moving along at the time, but it wasn't the freaking be-all, end-all that it is now. That's such a great point, brother. I appreciate that. Um, I think that's why I like watching so many different feds because it keeps them on my toes. Like we're like everyone's marking out for fucking uh, AEW, and I'm like, actually, uh, Impact was ten times better. <laughs> yeah, ten times better. But then you come in and like uh, you're always like, hey man, it's always people like their wrestlers. It's one one one. You you keep me grounded on that like. One person's Kevin Owens is their Eugene. <laughs> yeah, um, some people are gonna like what they're gonna like. That's the that's the beauty in the art. You know, dare I say, the art of wrestling? No, is that there, there literally is something for everybody. You know, some guys like you know big body guys. Some guys like fat guys. Some guys like work rate. Some guys like comedy. You know, um, mm-hmm. Lana put it there as an interview this week with Lana, where they talk about freaking. Um, the romance angle she had with Bobby Lashley last year. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm, I've never been a big proponent of that stuff. It's not my bag. Right. But, you know, she talked about it and she, and like Drew McIntyre came up to her and she was like, and he was just talking about, you know, my wife doesn't even watch me wrestle and I'm the champion, but she never missed anything to do with you and Bobby Lashley because <laughs> she just got into it. Nice. And like that. she loves, she loved the romance angle, and you know it's it's something different for everybody. You know, people like what they like. And she's like, you know, not every every angle should focus around the title. You definitely should focus on the title, but you know, if you're if you're gonna simply focus on the belts and simply focus on the wrestling aspect of it, you're missing an entire audience that might desperately want to enjoy what you're doing. But just can't because you won't give them more than just straight wrestling. Right. Or they didn't know what they wanted or didn't know that they wanted this in general. Uh, and, and that's one of the reasons why I was really proud that you really came to the Minefields Collective is because you challenge yourself with random comics. Now, now Minefielders, like, obviously we've been marking out like crazy over Future State. Like, but we can't help it. We haven't had a storyline this engrossing in years. 
Yeah. Where, like, we didn't care which one it is. Like, where I'm reading the Wonder Woman, he's reading Shazam. He's finally reading Teen Titans. I'm like, I mean, it's 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 a it's a wonderful thing. But uh, where you challenge yourself, like, uh, uh, what was that? The head of pilots, or um, you tried you tried it a couple of uh, image titles. You, you enjoyed them. Yeah, I tried. Um, Scumbag was really good. I picked up the lady she was at. Umbrella Academy did like a six part mini series yeah. focusing on Klaus, which has been all right. Um. Uh, was the picture the picture of something? It's like a really, I really, I love that book, but I freaking they haven't, I haven't found the second issue yet. Well, they, but like I've been looking for it every week. Well, I think we need to. Uh, Homesick pilots is what I was thinking of. Um, the, I think we need to do uh, shit, man. Um, Saturday, Saturday afternoon, man. Let's uh, let's hit up every comic book store on the on the or some Saturday in the near future let's hit up every comic book store in the in the area and see what we can find in the area and see what we can find just deep dig record everything we do uh find some good gems and talk about it like and really put the put the stores over and yeah no, I'm, down, I'm down dude freaking hit up heads hit up muse freaking see what other ones we can find we velocity to, there's vans there's uh uh, Iron Lion. There's what's that comic book store in Manitou? I found some gems there before. Oh, uh, that little tiny one. Forget. I don't know. But I found some stuff there every now and again. Yeah, it's always a nice little treat to go in there and might buy a old He Man and a old ass issue of X Men. You just yeah, yeah. That could be fun. I'm down, down, dude. I don't like this weekend. Probably wouldn't work, but definitely set it up for a future future weekend down the road no i agree i agree we should do that if we get colin to come visit if he fucking gets off minefields on the road minefields on the road <laughs> and we do mine and then, dude if we get colin do minefields on the road and then minefields after dark and like like i, I would i, I would kind of want to shoot it the way that y2j kasherko my hero shot the when he brought talk and shot back are you familiar mm-hmm. with the the because talk and shop was the gals and anderson's podcast while they were in new japan and then when gotcha. I joined, uh, I know, the, I know of it. I've never watched an episode though. Oh, you, know, you don't have to. It was all listen. But then when they got to WWE, okay. they couldn't do it anymore. But uh, Jericho would put them on his show, and they'd call it Talk and Shop again. And it was like they would just get. It, it, like, there was a couple almost unlistenable because <laughs> like they would always bring a third guy in, uh, a fourth mm-hmm. guy in. Uh, Rocky Romero. Rocky, they always they, they bring Rocky as much as he could, but like it was always like someone like um like they brought uh, Braun Strowman in one time, and he was like, "God damn, you guys are fucked up!" <laughs> like he was just like he he was like not prepared for how fucking nuts these three guys got, like because they knew yeah. each other so well. Or um, mm-hmm. uh, hearing the like Gals and Anderson drunk talking about AJ on the road, like getting pissed at them for cursing because he doesn't like cursing. <laughs> Um, um, it'd, it'd be a fun night. Um, we gotta get Colin here, and yeah, we do minefields on the road, and then minefields after dark. Find a cool place to go party or something like that. Just uh, a safe environment and rides yeah. home. Shit, man. We need minefields with bar wenches and pirates. Shit, look straight to Hooters and invite Captain <laughs> Stevens. Dude, dude, I just solved the problem. You, you just said wenches uh, and pirates. pirates. Bar wenches, yep. Yeah, that would, that would cover that would cover both sides of it. Hooters and Captain Stevens. <laughs> yeah. 
He's dude. He's a really cool guy. If you get to know him, man, he's a. I don't know. He's, I love. I love, I love good old Cappy. He's a he's a reserved gentleman, and he is a gentleman. I like that about Cappy. He is a gentleman. He's got a good heart, and he's smarter than attack. And uh, he just wants to express himself. And and there's good things on the horizon for him. Man. And um, he was telling me more about his character the other night, uh, post Rudapalooza. And I, I got to tell you about that uh, off off camera because um, we're writing partners. Don't want to break the Casey Fazy, brother. I know, right? Uh, I just want to touch lightly on uh, Cable number two. Um, great dialogue, great experience with Domino. Like, like it's it's one of those. I I, tr- and I I marked out for this because I was I'm I'm a true believer in kismet. Um, okay. Uh, do you ever watch? Uh, have you watched any of the Harry Potter movies or? I've watched all the Harry Potter movies. Uh, the, the the thing about one the, of my wife's big goals is to go to freaking Harry Potter land down in Florida and check that out. So. Dude, I want to go there so bad. <laughs> yeah, gotta get a robe, gotta get a wand, gotta get some uh, bitter beer, bitter beer, butter beer, butter beer, butter beer. And, uh, sneak in some some hooch to put in that shit. <laughs> <laughs> True. My uh, my buddy Josh and I uh, back when we went and saw. I don't know if I told you this before, but we got. We didn't really get kicked out, but more like chased out before the cops got there. The so you got kicked out. You were asked to leave. Uh, we we went to Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two midnight premiere at the Warren Movie Theater, which is one of the biggest movie theaters in the world. Uh, they had a balcony where you could hit a little button and like a a, a waiter would like sneak in and like, what do you want? <laughs> and uh. Well, we we were full on dressed as Death Eaters. We had dark mark tattoos. We had wands. I mean, we we went full out dark. Nice, like everything. Uh, we were actually on the news getting interviewed because we were the tallest people <laughs> in the room. <laughs> and just as full on Death Eaters, and uh, we sit down. We're in the balcony. Him and I are just marking out. We we drink a shitload before we got there, and uh, this this chick sitting like one seat away from me was like are you guys gonna talk the whole movie and i'm like fuck you and then her boyfriend sat down she whispered something to him and he looks at me and i look at him and uh when snape died i started crying (laughs) like i got real upset like it really bothered me and she started like oh my god oh my god and i i and this isn't the real me but i was in a sensitive part of my mind and I leaned into him and I into the boyfriend. I said, "If you don't shut your cunt girlfriend up, I'll do it for you." And oh wow! He, and he got up and he swung at me, missed. I decked him. Josh got up and I threw him to the ground. And we were just stomping this guy. My sister is in the like a row in front of us. Well, well, Snape is dying. <laughs> and was she also dressed as, as a dead no? Eater? My sister was like just like she wanted nothing to do with me in the night because she knew Josh and I were always trouble. And uh, yeah. we're stomping this guy and punching him, and my sister's like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> and then <laughs> the 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 two guys, the because earlier she'd complained about us, and the the manager said, "Hey, you guys gotta calm down. No, we'll be calm." But like he's like, "We're calling the cops," and Josh and I grabbed our shit and like fucking. I, I remember tripping down the okay. stairs. Uh, like rolling down the fucking stairs because those robes were long. We got in my truck and hauled the fuck ass. And Josh was like, "It took me two hours to drive here. We didn't even see the movie, and that was the I was so worth it." <laughs> and uh, and I was like, "Yeah, that was pretty cool. We're gonna have to rent it on DVD or something." Like that. 
And uh, uh, I forgot why I brought that story up, but the problem was was that sh- that that awful woman wronged me, and her boyfriend <laughs> paid the price. <laughs> oh, dude. Anyway, uh, cable kismet kismet. So we, it, it, yeah, kismet was what we were talking about. Kismet is what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> Uh, Harry Potter, uh, the Felix Felicitas. Like I, 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 I know that feeling when you're in the zone, and like, no, we need to go find uh, Professor. What's his name? He's like, no, we need to go to Hagrid's. Like, we, no, that's not the right way. He's like, no, no, I think we should go there anyway. And uh, that's what Domino was like. Okay, I'll help you. And they get to Japan, and he's like, you're gonna help me or not? And she's like, yeah, I'm gonna help you. I'm really hungry right now. And he's like, how do your powers work? And she talks about how, like, imagine a meteor bumping into another meteor that stops the trajectory of a bigger one that's going to hit Earth. Like, it's just, it's just, just kismet. Just, it's just, they're in the right place at the right time. And But I'm fucking hungry. This place has dumplings. It's great. You'll be fine. And uh, they go get some always trust, dumplings. Always trust a girl with luck powers. So. Agreed. Agreed. And he's bitching about it. They get some dumplings. She's sitting there just chowing down he looks out and the one of the waiters walking out with some dumplings to bring to them is the dude they're looking for <laughs> and like we, we've been compromised <laughs> and he he falls he like chases him down like they, they like uh, of course under this uh really good small hole in the wall dumplings bar is a huge clone <laughs> clone uh generating factory uh sponsored by uh, Mister, not by uh, by Strife, and the the clone he's chasing is actually an older, skinnier version of Cable, and he activates, opens all the pods, and they get attacked by a bunch of kid Cables just like him. Domino's like, "What the hell's going on?" and <laughs> kills everybody. He's like, "Shut up and eat your dumplings." Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Like, bitch, what you just got here? <laughs> and uh, she, she, she's killing three, four dudes with one bullet. Like, it's just, it's great. And she's like, "Wait a minute." There's uh this many guys dead. Uh, I don't, there's thirteen guys dead. I only had twelve bullets. I must have missed. I must have hit one of these guys. Two of these and like okay, so one of them got away. And um oh fuck you, you like they chase him down like like I'm gonna kill you and her and then then like the the meteor that she was daydreaming about to describe her powers hit another meteor and uh it broke apart and uh broke through earth's atmosphere and just annihilated this the last remaining cable and she's like see i told you don't call me for like two, <laughs> don't call me for like two three years dick <laughs> she just takes off <laughs> but uh the mystery like so it was a lot of fun it was a good it, like i would I, it would I wouldn't file it under adventure this was a good yeah. caper this was a solid caper <laughs> And Can't go wrong with a good caper, that's for sure. Hell no. Any more good capers in our lives? Oh, I agree. I agree. And uh, it's still the mystery of strife and why Cable uh, chose to off himself and resurrect himself as a kid. And there's all these breadcrumbs we're following now. And it nice, it, it nice. ended it ended with a good cable it with a good caper with a good mystery that we'll get to later, but. The only thing I had trouble with the artwork was gorgeous. I mean the like uh, check out the cover. I mean like Domino's face. Nice. It's a great painting. Uh, it's obviously digital, but gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. I still love they're using the uh, House of X like uh, fonts and the the dossiers that are going on in it. And 
Mm-hmm. I hope it goes on for a while, but we'll see what happens. Um, Strife has never been bad. Like, did you read Executioner's Song or? Um, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We, we we like they don't. Strife is pretty protected. They don't just bring him back every year, like or two years, like do the Apocalypse or Mister Sinister. This is a a protected character. I wonder, I don't know if there's some like clause in Liefeld's. Uh, if they don't fuck with this contract, yeah, don't don't fuck with this one. I like this one. Um, just putting over cable that well. Sweet Tooth, uh, it took me a while, um, but Lemire is really knocking this one out of the park. It, it It's going to be a – talking because obviously you know that we're talking about spoilers, but we're just dissecting the story, guys. But telling you what happened in Sweet Tooth is going to be a real injustice to you. Uh, it's one of those things you got to find on your own. Uh, the, the poetry is there. It's like the only thing – I would add to this is if Lemire would actually add real poetry to it to write out the dialogue in a few different spots because there's places where where you find out why the woman who's determined to find them uh, is so determined to find them the when when she the the origin story of like her son getting killed and her husband getting killed that sort of thing uh, with the odd disjointed artwork could have really had an opportunity for. I'm not saying like shitty like, you know, you went to like a a, a poetry slam bullshit place because those things suck. Um, <laughs> to really just flesh flesh out the dialogue and give us, and you're not reading Sweet Tooth because you're a comic book fan. You're reading Sweet Tooth because you're a literature fan, and I think that sort of thing is. I don't know if Jeff Lemire realizes that. And if he did, I think it would give him an opportunity to really progress his artwork. Because the guy started out just writing. And then his artwork, if you saw his artwork, you'd, like if I showed you Sweet Tooth now or Sweet Tooth from 10 years ago, you'd like, this looks like shit. Like, it just looks shitty like watercolors. But the more you see it, the more it grows on you. The way that uh, Charlie Adler's uh, artwork grew on you. Uh, or I don't know if you did, if you read, because uh, we only talked about it briefly. Um, uh, X-Files comic books. Oh okay, yeah. Uh, and then I've never actually picked one up. No, it, like it was because he did The Walking Dead, and by the time I was reading The Walking Dead, I was schooled in art and knew what light and shadows and expressions. So it was wonderful <laughs> to me, as opposed to a kid. Like these, are, like when I was a kid reading, I was like X Files. Like this doesn't look like Mulder and Scully. <laughs> like, like <laughs> I, I wasn't smart enough to understand it. But the the real. The real thing, and I, I was talking to you when I was reading it. Uh, yeah. Last runner number two. Oh, uh, here it comes. Did you finish it? I, I haven't even got it yet. I got to go pick it up tomorrow after work. All right. So this was one of those things that really hit me hard uh, because there's a couple. There's a few different things. I mean, this was a meaty. This is a 55 page comic book, man. Counting nice. the counting the covers. Main cover, we see Raph running in, about to F up a bunch of foot soldiers. And I turned the page, and I realized, I didn't realize from the, the first one, that this story is by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laid, Laird, and also oh, nice. a gentleman named Tom Waltz. So this is this is like a culmination of years of we didn't talk to each other. We were best friends. We made a million dollars, and then now uh, we're friends again, and let's do something exceptional. 
Like let, let's like yeah. were we accidentally making a uh, homage to Daredevil in a few different random like indie, not indie, but you know the darker comics from the early '80s and late '70s that they were hooked on. And yeah. uh, Kevin Eastman lay, uh, script Tom Waltz, Kevin Eastman layouts, Kevin Eastman pencils, inks, and uh, Isao and Isaac Escorsa. Kevin Eastman color system. I mean, like there was a lot of people in the art group, primarily Kevin Eastman. Uh, at the end of the first one, we we find out April's still alive. Uh, she wakes up, and the first thing she does when she opens her eyes is start crying. I mean, like just poetry, like yeah. And then it says it says now and turn the page, and then then she's going to second time around uh, the pawn shop. You know, her apartment's upstairs. Uh, dad's pawn shop is downstairs. You know, it, it's completely disjointed from anything from TMNT or uh, Secret of the Ooze or even anything that was in the uh, the current TMNT uh, comic book that's going on. That's yeah, hundred like hundred something issues in already, and um, it's true gold. Um, Casey and her just got back from a date. He just proposed, and boom, door flies open. Raph is bloody, ambush. He he throws everything off the table, all the food they had there, and and Mikey and uh, and Leo and or Donnie are bringing in a dying, almost stabbed to death, Master Splinter. Oh jeez! And and then back to the bed now, and she's just like her head hurts because it's it's just a recurring nightmare that she she was dreaming it. She woke up and then she realized it was real again. And back to the dream, uh, the, the the memory, and Splinter's dying. Raph is like, we need to go kill these assholes right now. None of them have any idea that these guys just, you know, are about to tie the knot. You know, they pop the question because they're, they're going to pop for Casey. And um, yeah. Raph is like, no, we got to kill all of them right now. And like, no, fuck you. Half our lives are cleaning up your messes when you get hot-headed and you go off. Hey, where'd he go? <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, and in true Raph fashion. True Raph fashion, man. And uh, then back to April, she's getting out of bed. Uh, she's missing an arm and she's missing a leg, and she puts on her prosthetic arm, zzz, zzz, starts working, drops her leg. Casey, can need some help, and across the room, and uh, where she's staying. You see Casey's uh, golf bag with all his go- uh, hockey pucks, uh, hockey uh, sticks, and you know golf clubs, and there's his mask. Mm-hmm. And she's still talking to it like he's there, and then it goes back to Mikey, uh, who, if you remember, was rescued by April and someone mysterious, and it was April's daughter Casey that had found him, and he's arguing, making some tea with his brothers who are still alive and well. And this is one of the things I really love about this thing. Because if you hadn't watched the movie and it hadn't impacted you so hard, when the when the brothers sit down and they meditate for their last true ninja uh, lesson of peace and to understand the true meaning of life and all the little things you can get from uh, Splinter coming out of the fire. Yeah. You could say it was a hallucination, but it wasn't. That was really him. And... Where you could say that it's a hallucination that he's making tea for a bunch of ghosts, but they're talking to him. He, he they're really there, uh, they're yeah. just not physical, and it still drives them nuts that they're not alive. And then boom, straight to flashback, we see Raph. But like one of the great, uh, better things about this is that each timeline that's going on, 
Eastman changed the style just a little bit and uh, of the art. So where the art of uh, uh, Mikey talking to to the boys and then back to the flashback, it's just the, the artwork has changed just a little bit. And, and Raph just finds where the foot, you know, retreated to and decides he's going to kill them all by himself. He didn't give a shit. And finds Karai. He kills, I mean, this is a bloodbath. I mean, an absolute, I mean, like, it's something that you're not used to as a Nerd Turtles fan is seeing yeah. murders. <laughs> like, like the, the boys don't kill. Yeah. Until Raph, now. Raph is, Raph is executing people with fierce, you know, uh, <sighs> What's the? I mean, I'm, 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 impunity, get, possibly. In, impunity, uh, fierce. Uh, God, it's like one of those words escaping me. Destroy the beast. Karai is like, and, she, and she's dressed like Electra. I love it. And he's getting stabbed. He's getting. He's getting uh, arrows. He's still fighting. Takes on Karai. Grabs her. They fall into the water off the pier. You know that. Um, I never knew the name of it, but you remember when you buy a Ninja Turtle toy back the original four, like, mm-hmm. and you had to break the the weapons off that that stand. Yeah. There was that one that fit in the back of Raph's uh, holster. It was that it, it was a triangle with a handle. It, like it, a gardening it, it tool, was, basically. It, it looked like yeah, it looked it was like a triangle, a sharp triangle with a handle, and um. Like a spade? Almost. Almost, but bigger. And um, I never knew the name of that. And he stabs her in the back with a sigh, and she puts that in his up his up his jaw, and they die. And we get this, like, one of the my favorite images ever is the sigh in the bloody water floating down. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's, that's heavy. Heavy. Uh, April, back to now. Oh, let me get some of the tea that he'd served to people that weren't there. And she's telling him, yeah, just, you know, he realizes they're in they're in the old sewer lair. And Casey, the daughter, had actually, like, when her and her friends found him, they're explaining, you know, what's going on with the Saki clan. And uh, she's like, okay, I found all your shit. Uh, she brings them, because he, you remember he's got all, like, he doesn't have all their weapons. He's got pieces of them. Like, yeah. Um, she found all of those. She found all their bandanas, and I, I thought this is special to you. And um, can you translate this, translate this book? And he's like, no, <laughs> no. And then uh, it it turns out to be a, a personal journal, uh, part of it, personal journal. Uh, it was it was um, Master Splinter's uh, ninjutsu training. Oh wow! Okay. And then the rest was a journal. And then it was a flashback of what happened when he when all his brothers were killed and he retreated, and he went across the world and you see. But the we go to the third type of artwork where they go back to. I'm gonna flip the, the pages here. So you see like modern style drawing, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Eighty two. Uh. Eighty two. The entire flashback is told told old school. Like he went back to his old school drawing styles. And what That's he went, gorgeous. Shoot. It, yeah, it was wonderful. Like, like it, 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 it was one of the best page turns of my life, if that mm-hmm. makes any any clout to it. And he's he realized he needed to come back. In the last page of the book, 
uh, when we come back to the regular drawings, you know, uh, no peace on the last page. And April realizes that the daughter's going to go help try to take on the Saki clan, and she takes Fugitoid's head out of a, out of a safe. Oh, wow. Yeah. Love it. I like that she's aged. All the little bits of this is just this was so well thought out. What a what a labor of love. I like I've you've seen I don't know if you've seen them, but you've seen those the toys that made us where they show like the from Netflix. I've not. No, I need. I've just kind of been interested and just never got around to it. The the one they did on Turtles, they they interviewed Laird and they Eastman individually, and mm-hmm. they they a few other people that were in, integral in the toys. And how the comic shaped things. I mean, they really did a good job telling the real, full, rounded story. But it ended with them basically reuniting them and getting to be friends again. Oh wow, that's that's awesome, man. Yes, and I'm wondering if this is like what came out of that. We're like, you want to, you like, come on, man, let's write a real turtle story. Let's like, let's really fucking blow them away. Like, yeah. what what a really what would really cook, like. Well, you already upset at everyone when, like, Leo left the fucking band for, like, ten years. It was in Brazil and TMNT and the, and the animated CGI one. Yeah. Uh, what would really fuck with him and how to bring it full circle? Last Ronin. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it, man. Like, this You're is... not like, wrong. Shoot, that was <laughs> definitely a way to bring people back if you can have people check it out. Dude, that hurt when you're like, Leo's been gone for how long? What? <laughs> But then not only Leo's gone, but they're dead. And it, but I think the choice of Mikey, because uh, I stressed over it when I first heard about this coming out. I was like, it's got to be Mikey. It's got to be the one that you'd think would be the weakest and wouldn't prosper. And it's got to be Mikey. Yeah. Raph is too hot-headed. Leo, Leo would do some fucking – Leo's too much the obvious choice. Yeah. Yeah. Donnie – there's no way Donnie – Donnie, maybe his brain is saved in a jar controlling things, but – it's all fun and games, so that's exactly what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the thing. We don't know what happened to the other turtles. No, not yet. They didn't show yeah. it. Yeah. And I think, I, I think they'll definitely let us know down the road. I don't so know. So it'll be to see what happens when, you know, when it happens. Well, the purpose of a ronin is to die. Well, well uh, the purpose of a samurai is to die for his master. Uh, Ronin is a uh, masterless samurai. Uh, all my favorite Ronin stories are in the least bit like you know. There's no happy ending here except for the people that he's protecting, and that's yeah. one of the best things about it. Um, Plus, that's about the added thing. You know, we don't necessarily know the Splinter died when Raph went after those guys. He what if what if Splinter didn't die? What if he made a recovery? Or, or, you know, how, how did it affect him once they found out that Raph was, Raph was gone? I appreciate the little bit of hope you're giving me. I'm thinking Splinter's really dead because he's not part of the ghosts that are communicating with him. If 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 the Saki clan actually has the three brothers, the other remaining brothers, tortured in the last limb of their life and they're reaching out to Mikey, like that would be that would be I don't know if that'd be too easy or be amazing. Yeah, I mean, it could be, be either way it would work. It'd be Depending on the, I mean, like you said, this is a well thought out, well executed plan so far. So like, you definitely, you know, you definitely got the faith that this is going to end, end well. We just don't know if it's going to end in a positive or negative light. I'm not but it'd be interesting. It. It'd be interesting to see though, if like 
Because is this is this a limited series or is this going to be like a continuing thing? I think this is this is definitely a limited series. Uh, I think it's I think it's supposed to only be six. Ah, okay. Uh, I swear I read somewhere it was just going to be six. It wouldn't be special if it was a continuing story. Yeah, no, you're not wrong because you know once they're done with it, you got to move on to something else and. Just like, it definitely feels like it should be a limited series. Just I just like, hadn't heard one way or the other. No, one hundred percent, man. Plus, these these like uh, as being a comic collector uh, for so long, and you bought comics that like you thought were going to mean something to you, and how many of them are in a pile right now? Um, but these ones are special. Yeah, no, Not, this one's been it's been solid so far. I haven't got a chance to read the second one, but the first one was fantastic. Freaking just gotta, you know, see where how how far down does the rabbit hole go. I'm I'm not worried about it. I'm I'm along for the journey. This is one of the few times I've been okay with like we're the opposite of I was talking about King and Black where I'm fighting it. Um I don't care where you know, you go plus what this. happened to Casey. Oh yeah. man. You assume you assume he's dead, but you don't know for a fact. We still haven't Freaking. seen that. I didn't even think about that. I was so emotional. I didn't even bother dissecting it other than uh, the artwork just taking me from one time to another. Yeah. There's all kinds of freaking – plus it's the Saki clan, not the Foot clan. Yeah. So there's there's a whole bunch of different avenues in theory they could take. It depends on which way they go with it. (laughs) Exactly, man. Well, that's all I got for tonight, man. You got anything to wrap us up? Because, like, when you're talking uh, about I got, stories, I got Nightwing here still. Hell yeah, Nightwing, real quick. <laughs> Don't do real quick. This one's been you can't go. Real this quick one's been one of Nightwing. my more my most favorite issues of Future State. <clears throat> so we open up, and uh, first thing you see is a news reporter talking to um, Peacekeeper Number Six. And we find out that basically they are setting up for the demise of Nightwing. And not only are they going to kill him, but they're going to air it as what they see as live. So they're going to basically they're basically setting it up to show off the fact that they're about to kill Nightwing. Assholes. So we got Nightwing and um, the new Batman. In, locked inside Arkham Asylum. We've got Peacekeeper 6, the Magistrates, Cybers. Um, we've got tanks. We've got cannons. We've got a whole bunch of stuff. Plus, we have this news reporter um, just right outside the gates, ready to just destroy everybody. Um, and Nightwing, Nightwing knows it's coming. This is he's basically set this up to be his last stand. Like he's not not planning on coming out of this live, but he also wasn't planning on having uh, Batman there. But he, you know, he's going to go down swinging. So first thing he does is set up an EMP to take out all the freaking all the electronics in the area. I'm a ha- I'm a happy happy lover of EMPs, man. Oh yeah. And then next thing you know, he's telling Batman, he's like, you know, this is your cue to leave. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do this. And Batman is like, no chance in hell. <laughs> he 
He's like, you know, they no need, you know, and they're telling, you know, <laughs> if I don't make this, you know, Nightwing's saying, if I don't make this, you know, Gotham needs Batman. You know, and he's like, you know, yeah, you're right. They do need me. But you know, the heroes need you. Like, you're the leader of the resistance. There's no, there's not going to be freaking none of this, you know, last man standing BS. You're going to freaking, we're walking out of this together. And then, you know, freaking Nightwing looks at him. He's like, well, you know, I guess the dynamic duo it is then. And that's how they started off the series, the, sh- the episode, or the issue with Batman and freaking Robin or Batman and Nightwing walking out there to fight the magistrates. Oh, this is awesome. This is gnarly. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. So they, you know, they come out there, big fight ensues, you know, Nightwing grabs a guy, one of the magistrates and asks him, you know, what's, what are your orders? And of course they're just basically, you know, shoot to kill any condition. We're, we're taking you down, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, of course, you know, we're here to stop that. So we end up, you know, they're, they're, um, Peacekeeper Six is out here waiting for all the, all her mechanic, no, all her machines to come back up. And it turns out the cannons come back up. And they're just like, you know, she's like, well, fire. And they end up blowing up the asylum, just destroying it in one fell swoop. And Peacekeeper Six, all she says is, you know, that's beautiful. And the next thing you know, a bat shuriken goes right across her face. Hell yeah. And we turn around and we say, you know, we turn around and all we see is a woman, a redheaded woman, saying, please don't. Mm. So everyone turns around and we see the entirety of the resistance. We've got Barbara Gordon as Oracle. We've got Dick, uh, not Dick, we've got freaking Tim Drake Robin. We've got Kate Kane Batwoman. We've got Batgirl, who is Orphan. Um, we also have Talia Al Ghul, Two Face, been waiting for Talia. Huntress, and Man Bat. You brought it up last week, but I wanted to really see the meat and potatoes with her and Man Bat. Okay, all right, and Man Bat. All right. So we've got we've got the entirety of the team, and you know the whole time because Batman and Nightwing had retreat had gotten gone back into the asylum, and Nightwing's freaking out. Because he he didn't call them. He's like, "Why are they here? This this wasn't part of the plan." And Batman's basically like, "I called them. You know, I I hacked into your computer and you know let them know what the situation was." And Nightwing's just like, "This isn't part of the plan. This wasn't your decision to make. Didn't you listen to me?" And you know, Batman just looks at him. He's like, "I did hear you. I heard every word." And you know, you wanted to talk about Batman. You no know, Gotham needing Batman. Well, this group of heroes needs their leader. They need Nightwing, and we're getting the hell out of here. And you know, Nightwing's you know, Nightwing just looks at him. He's like, "Well, then help me up." Way to put him over, man. That's that's what true leaders do. That's what you were doing to the dudes in the back the other day, man. Trying, trying. <laughs> so you know, uh, Oracle and Peacekeeper Six are having some words as they battle, and you know. They are. Uh, they kind of. Or kind of looks at her and just like you know. You gotta understand. You know he used to be a motorbike guy, but now he's got this new ride that he wants to show off. And we see this freaking car zoom out, basically a Nightwing mobile, and freaking they just take off down the road. And it's Batman and Nightwing in the car, obviously. 
And Peacekeeper Six is like, you know, do we have any other any other vehicles up and running? She's like, and the someone behind her is just like, gestures, Peacekeeper, and she's like, get it now. You know, Batman and Nightwing are taking off. They're just kind of talking, be like, we got to, you know, we got to get through this. We got to get out of here. We've got to get this information to the right people. That way, we can basically bust the magistrates for what they really are. And then Peacekeeper ends up running her car into them, and they ended up going into a construction area. And you know, Nightwing's aware of what the Peacekeeper is, and because she's got these metal arms, and they're just like, just make sure that she doesn't punch you. Because and Batman is just like, why? And she all, all Nightwing says is she punches really hard. <laughs> like, like I like the subtlety. Like, don't don't question. It's gonna suck. <laughs> yeah. So they end up brawling a bit. She ends up getting Batman down, and then you know she's about to you know punch her hand, punch right through Batman's face, you know mask and all, and then she gets zapped by some electricity. And we turn around, and it's Nightwing with his uh, electrified schema sticks. And he's like, no matter what you do, you're not going to stop us. You're not stopping Batman. Batman has got them, and Batman is forever. So they start battling. And at the same time, you know, she's talking about masks and heroes and how we're going we're gonna to destroy everybody and this and that. Just going off on her plan, basically. And Nightwing just... While she's fighting, he, he starts telling her about how he knows about her, how her parents were killed when she was a young girl, and you know she couldn't talk about it because it was so traumatic. But all she all she would talk about was how the guy that killed her he killed her parents. He had a purple jacket and a wicked smile straight out of hell. Love it. So he ends wicked up eventually person. taking down the peacekeeper, um, and then you turn around. You know, she's going talking about how they're going to destroy all the masks. They're going to rule Gotham. They're going to kill everybody. You know, no, no prisoners, no surrender. And Nightwing shows up. You know, stands over her, and then the camouflage wears off, and you see they're surrounded by hundreds of cameras yeah. that were in these. Uh, they're called nano swarms. That's what you were getting at earlier. Yep, basically tiny ass drones. And, you know, they've recorded everything. They recorded everything from the moment the peacekeepers showed up at Arkham Asylum till now. And every, every screw up, every, every, um, every incident, every, every part of her, of the plan. And the, the peacekeeper just all of a sudden breaks down and she's like, you can't do this. You're going to, you're going to destroy everything we've built. And, Nightwing just looks back at her and is just like, "Hey, you know, I'll send you an invite to the premiere because this is already this is already loading up. But you know, this is already being sent to news stations. This is already being loaded up on the internet. So you're basically screwed." And Batman just looks at him and says, "Like, you know, you had, this this was your plan the whole time. You know, what was going to happen if you know when you if you died?" And he's like, "Oh, this, this has already been loaded. This this is my plan the whole time. As soon as anything happened." Once everything was done, this was going online. So he's like, you know, you really, you know, you really had everything taken care of. He's like, uh, all Nightwing would say was, I was taught well. And then you, the end, it ends with the two guys just walking off as the morning breaks. 
and another day starts. That's a wonderful ending for that sort of thing, especially because we're getting closer and closer because the the action and the mystery has been so meat and potatoes. I mean, like when like just straight to the business. That it, it. How often have you stopped and asked, like, what's really going on with the magistrate? Like, what's what's the infrastructure? What what's how did this happen? Yeah. And we in in now we've got a kink in the armor. Yeah, and that's the thing too, because like in um, in Dark Detective, the whole thing has been wrapped around how the uh, the magistrates have all these hidden cameras everywhere. But now we're seeing that the resistance also has hidden cameras. So it's kind of it looks like it's going to end up being you know who's playing who, you know, and and you know, Nightwing kind of talks about how he set this up, but. You know, who designed the cameras? You know, who made this happen? Who designed the tech to make it, you know, make them invisible? Oracle. Oracle could have? Definitely possible. But Oracle was kidnapped, was in the, uh, in the prison. Correct. And she just got released. She just got out of there because uh, that was who Spoiler and Oracle were trying to, or not Oracle, Orphan were trying to find. But don't forget that chick that was able to manipulate all the technology there without even thinking about it during the, yeah. during the during the siege it was a little suspicious how well she was able to handle it and like it was like she was hesitating at certain times cuz she wanted certain things to happen and that's I, very true but at the same time you know batman's tech guy is still out there right lucius lucius fox is still on the board and lucius fox ties in the new batman Ties in with freaking Nightwing. Ties, you know, maybe he's playing both sides. Maybe he's part of the resistance. Maybe he's not. Dude, we've got studio space. We can, if we get bored one night and decide to make our serial killer crazy obsessive thing and start connecting the dots, like it'd be fun. To we're gonna need a lot. We're gonna need a lot of red yarn. That's for sure. It'd be a lot of fun, man. Especially if we just have some fun doing that. I haven't done an, uh, I haven't done an insulation piece in a while. Because uh, yeah. these. These red dots, I feel like there's so much going on that, like, you know, like when you read Siege, okay, here's the five main ones, and then here's the eight four-issue series. Um, yep. What the fuck is happening here? Because this is completely disjointed. I'm distracted the whole time. I'm liking this now, and I forgot that happened. And and uh, the artwork is phenomenal. There's There's never a bad panel. Yeah. We definitely could. I mean, that's that's kind of thing because, like, we don't, you know, we're not sure what's next from a lot of these issues. Shit, between us, we we read all of them. Pretty much, I still got to freaking. I still to catch up on Aquaman. <laughs> I know. Freaking, uh, I think the new. I think the new one's out already. I think number two might be out. Dude, it's either out this week or next week. Uh, I don't have. Let me double check. No new Aquaman. Runner-ups for me this week were Bliss, and Savage Avengers, Captain America, MC. I think I read most of mine actually. I got those ones. Let's see what else do I have here that made it into the pile this week. 
gonna be just uh, I've got a couple here. Let's see, I got yeah, I got Scumbag Four and You Look Like Death, which is the um, Umbrella Academy six parter. I don't think I got that. I got Both those were all right. I got Scumbag, but that's all I got for this week, man. It's been a good, solid issue again, man. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, no, it was always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, man. Got some good books this week. Freaking, I think number one for me was definitely Nightwing number two. Well, Probably that was really, really a lot of fun. Plus having, you know, that, that little interaction between the new Batman and Nightwing was phenomenal yeah especially after the first issue or when uh hey he just like broke in just showed up and like wait a minute like they just they just keep trumping each other i fucking loved it yeah it's almost more like a couple of bros as opposed to like a student mentor relationship which was cool agreed and i think that's a a good dynamic that needs to happen as as opposed to one of them has power of the other yeah having two guys just go out there and you know both Definitely not on equal footing per se, just because you know Nightwing's got so much experience over him. Correct. But I mean, he definitely—they definitely seem like, especially that moment when they're like the dynamic duo is like they're definitely treating each other like equals, which is awesome. But you could tell there's still some reverence between freaking Jace and Nightwing because Jace freaking you know is like I you know we need you, right? Like Jace is trying to join the resistance as opposed to. Nightwing, who's our leader? Well, it's definitely one of those things, man. Like just bringing out the best dynamics and things, and changing things up just right—not just to change for change sakes, but just for writing good stories. Yeah, I think, like I said, I think this has definitely been, you know, pretty much. A, can't can't think of a, you know, freaking a part one that I read for Future State that I didn't want to read part two. Agreed. Or, so. or and I love the fact that the ones I've read, you've checked out, and vice versa. Like it's one of those yeah. things. Is like, dude, you got to check it out. Okay, dude, I'm on it. Like, okay, read it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, everything's been everything's been solid. Freaking, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes, and I want to. I want to see. Like we've definitely seen some intermingling between a couple of the stories, like Flash, Flash, Shazam, and Teen Titans have all played into each other. And then all the bat books, as you know, as you would expect, kind of play into each other. But like, it'll be interesting to see, like, once everything comes together, how everything plays out. Agreed. Well, that's all. Like, I, got I think to- it's like it's like a good. It's like it's like one of those good books. Where like you read, like it's like Wandavision, where like once you're once you're done with the first series, you got to go back and reread it now that you know everything to see where all the little where all the nuances come in and how everything kind of comes together towards the end now that you know the finish. No, that's a great way to put it, man, because there's things about WandaVision. Like, I watched uh, 3 and 4 the other day, uh, yesterday, actually, and uh, it was it, it hurt my head that I, I, we're not done yet. Like, I, like, give it to me so I can read it all in one binge, like, as an excited-ass comic book reader and lover of good literature and then so i can go back and then dissect it and have some like because i want to have my fun and then i want to go back and then i want to go and start moving things around and reading it like the matrix yeah yeah it's like once you're done with pulp fiction you get it you kind of can put it together so much easier once you once you've seen everything you're like oh, okay 
That makes sense with that. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha, Lynn. Let's do this over again, and I don't feel like an idiot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's all I got for tonight, man. I'm pooped. Yeah, I'm done, man. I got to be working like, I got to be up in six hours. (laughs) I got to be up in seven. Uh, Well, you go save the world and make sure everyone's got their vaccine and kick some ass and give some CPR if shit gets shit shitty. (laughs) Yeah. No night cool tonight, that's for sure. (laughs) Right on, brother. Well, I appreciate you, man. Colin, we miss you. We'll we'll catch up to you soon. Hopefully you're listening. uh, Bring donuts. Bring donuts. Bring donuts. Hell yeah. But this, that, man. People. Find us on, uh, email us. It's uh, Colin and Josh at minefieldscomicbookspodcast.com. It's, uh, we're on Instagram. We're on uh, Facebook. We're on Twitter. I refuse to do a fucking Snapchat. Uh, we are on OnlyFans, though. Uh, <laughs> Aww. We need, t- need a TikTok so we can be cool like the kids. Oh, no. Tip Joshua Michaels dancing all day. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I get it. I got it. We can do TikTok if we can get Logan Austin to just introduce all the comic books that we were we're talking about this week. Yeah, we, like special appearance by Matthew McConaughey's little brother. Yeah, just have him take his shirt off, just drip him in grease like he usually do, wet his hair, put his glasses on. These are the fucking comic books we're talking about, and then just kind of jiggle a bit, and then that was our thirty second TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Just jiggle a bit. Just jiggle. It'll all work out. That's all we need. Just Don't ask questions. Why am I doing this? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you're getting, it. You're getting paid, aren't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> well, hey, guys. This is dangerous, and this transmission is over. This is minefields. <laughs>